Applesonian Blizzard make the news. Prince of Persia gets delayed, and Russ says, "Here's a soft chord mode, you plebs." This is DBN News for two five twenty twenty one. First and foremost, if you'd like to support the podcast even more, the DBN Patreon has launched at Patreon.com/slash/DadsBeardsNerds. Sign up today for some awesome rewards with tiers ranging from three to thirty dollars. We're not trying to break your bank, but rather give you another option to support us. Once again, that's Patreon.com/slash/DadsBeardsNerds. Now. Let's get to the news. First is from IGN and written by Matt Kim. Blizzard has multiple free-to-play Warcraft mobile games in development. For years, there have been rumors that Activision Blizzard is working on a Warcraft-inspired mobile game. Today, company CEO Bobby Kotick confirmed that there are, in fact, multiple mobile Warcraft experiences in advanced development at Blizzard. During the latest financial earnings call, Kotek spoke to investors and shared plans to expand upon the Warcraft franchise by delivering more frequent premium content. As part of this strategy, Blizzard is deep in development on not one but multiple free play Warcraft experiences for mobile. In our Warcraft franchise, we intend to deliver more frequent premium content to sustain and expand the World of Warcraft community. Kotick said to investors that we've made multiple mobile free-to-play Warcraft experiences, and they're now in advanced development based on our franchise's beloved IP. Kotick prefaced the prefaced prefaced this news by talking about Diablo Immortal, which has garnered positive buzz during its limited test trials, and how it set the stage to meaningfully expand Diablo's global reach. So there we have it. Not one, not two, but multiple. I bet it's probably like three games. It's probably like a card-based game. It's going to be Diablo Immortal. And then something kind of like the typical hero summon games. Second is from IGN, written by Jonathan Dornbush. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake delayed again. Ubisoft has announced that the Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake has been delayed again. This time without a clear new release date in mind. The developers of the remake released a statement on Twitter explaining that we have made the decision to shift the release for Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake to a later date. This extra development time will enable our teams to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. The remake had been previously scheduled for March 18th release, which it had been delayed to after plans for a January 2021 release. With this latest delay, there is no release date or window, but Ubisoft says it will keep players posted on the progress. This is good. Take your time. Take your time. Put all of the love and attention in this game and take your time. Uh, Sands of Time is a beloved game to a lot of people, including myself, and I would rather uh, Ubisoft take all of the time before they release it. Third is from IGN and written by Jordan Oleman. Activision confirms there's another Call of Duty coming this year. Activision has confirmed that there's a new Call of Duty game coming late this year. The news was revealed during Activision Blizzard's Q4 2020 earnings call transcribed by The Motley Fool, in which Activision CFO Dennis Durkin talked through the company's plans for Call of Duty, which includes a strong premium released or release planned for Q4 in 2021. Given that Durkin also mentions migrating the existing COD community to that game, there seems to be no doubt that this is another full annual release for the series. With the success of free-to-play mode, Call of Duty Warzone across multiple years, some have questioned the need for annual Call of Duty releases, but it seems Activision has no intention of slowing down. No title, subject matter, or developer are mentioned in the calls. Warzone will seemingly remain part of the ongoing plan, with Durkin saying that the franchise will benefit from a full year of Warzone driving upgrades to our premium content and incremental in-game player investment. Alongside the new game, Durkin explains that there is a fantastic pipeline of in-game content ahead across all platforms. 
He adds, Call of Duty is entering 2021 with the largest player community it has ever had to start a year. They, it, I mean, if you thought they were just going to stop making Call of Duty games and only like focus on Warzone, you are insane. Fourth is from IGN and written by Wesley LeBlanc. Rust adds softcore mode. Facepunch Studios has added a new softcore mode to Rust aimed at a more casual player base. A major part of Rust has always been its hardcore, ruthless PvP and will continue to be. Facebook Studios blog post about the new game mode reads, but we're aware that some players want a less brutal experience, introducing softcore mode, a new game mode in Rust aimed at more casual players. Don't worry, the majority of our servers will still be regular vanilla Rust. That's hardcore. When players are killed in this new mode, half of their inventory can be reclaimed by them at either the spot of their death or at a reclaimed terminal, which can be found in Bandit Town and at the outpost. Players can now spawn at those two locations at any time, provided they're not flagged as hostile. And now they can only view the contents of a wounded player. The maximum team size has been changed to four as well in order to stop large groups of players terrorizing individuals. The update is already live and this new mode can be found on 10 servers that launched alongside it. Facepunch Studios says this is just the start of Softcore and that it will continue to iterate and improve on it moving forward. That makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of people coming to Rust. Rust, from everything I've seen from like Spoon Kid and anyone else who plays it and posts like consistent content on it, seems like a very, very kick your teeth in, you know, like very, you, you got to play that game for a long time before you get good, as as they say. So I think they're going to, a softcore mode is only going to help them in the long run, you know. Fifth is from IGN, written by Jordan Oleman. Sony patent could hit at upgraded DualSense controller plans. A Sony patent may have hinted at a potential future revision to the DualSense controller. As reported by Respawn, first a patent found on the United States Patent and Trademark Office website suggests that Sony may be working to implement a Wi-Fi transceiver in future peripherals. The technology will allow controllers to make inputs via a Wi-Fi transceiver, as well as the regular Bluetooth transceiver, which is present in both the DualShock 4 and the DualSense. Whichever of the two input signals reaches the PlayStation first will be used. Having two potential commands at once will apparently work to reduce latency, according to the patent's description. The patent image depicts a DualShock 4 controller with a Wi-Fi node in the touchpad area. It was filed nearly two years ago in July of 2019, but given its recent publication, it means that Sony may be considering implementing the technology in future controllers. I mean, it would be cool if this was already in it. We just don't know it. Doubtful, but it would still be cool. And last is from IGN, written by Matt Kim. Apple's VR headset could have 8K displays, cost $3,000. Since the original report that Apple is planning to release an incredibly expensive and limited VR headset, more information has come to light about the proposed virtual reality hardware from Apple. In a new report from The Information, the outlet confirms earlier details about Apple's VR headset, including the use of fabric mesh as a material to lighten the overall weight of the headset. The report also agrees that the VR headset will be incredibly expensive with a price tag that could hit as high as $3,000. The headset will be capable of both VR and mixed reality content and will have over a dozen cameras for tracking hand improvement. Uh, a LiDAR sensor, which has or was included in the most recent iPhone 12 and 12 Pro models will also be included as well as dual 8K displays. 8K displays for a VR headset will put Apple's device ahead of the competition in terms of resolution, and the company will reportedly use a new Apple-developed chip said to be more powerful than the M1 chip it currently uses. The report also states that this is a niche device meant to pave the way for a more mass-market, consumer-friendly AR device Apple plans to release down the line. I mean, if you thought 
$3,000 was a lot. I mean, welcome to Apple products. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be cutting edge, but it's got a $3,000 for a VR headset. Yikes. Apple gun Apple, you know what I'm saying? And that is the news for today. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to support the podcast further, you got two options. Anger.fm slash dadsbeardsnerds, where you can leave us a voice message or subscribe for a monthly donation. Or patreon.com slash dadsbeardsnerds. Pick a tier, get some awesome rewards. Next up, find us on all social media at dadsbeardsnerds. And last, if you'd like to be part of our ever-growing Discord community, you're going to find that link in our Twitter bio and the show notes for every show that we release and produce. Until next time, I'm Anthony. I look forward to making more content for you.